This is the message from Connection Community Church for Sunday, January 31st, 2016. By the numbers, four words. There is a God and I'm not him. I'm not the Savior. Those are, those are four powerful words, four words. That's our focus this morning as we conclude our series, By the Numbers. Good morning, Connection Church. My name is Carrie Jones. I'm Alan Jones. And we are two sinners who have been saved by the grace of our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ. Would you pray with us, please? God, we surrender to you. We surrender this message. It's yours. Open our hearts that we might receive or be ready to receive a word from you. Lord, thank you for your love that's unending. And thank you for the freedom to gather here this morning. Remove any distractions that might be in our heads and help us have laser focus on you right now. We pray this in the name of Jesus. And everybody said, Amen. Amen. His clothes were made of camel's hair. Not very stylish, rather harsh to the skin, somewhat uncomfortable, plain yet practical. He wore a leather belt around his waist, and his food consisted of locusts and wild honey. He was a Nazarite, which means he was separated from the world and dedicated to God, holy unto the Lord, not drinking wine or other strong drink, avoiding anything from the vine, avoiding unclean practices like coming in contact with a dead body. As a Nazarite, he didn't cut his hair, signifying uh, his focus on God rather than himself. For many, the Nazarite vow was a temporary thing, often 30 days. But like Samuel and Samson before him, his was a lifelong perpetual, he was a lifelong perpetual Nazarite. And his name was John. John, we know him as John the Baptist or John the Baptizer. He was the son of Zechariah, the miracle child of Elizabeth. We talked about Elizabeth over Christmas. Elizabeth, who was thought to be barren, she gave birth in her later years to John. John leapt in Elizabeth's womb when her cousin Mary told her that she was pregnant with Jesus. John, whose father later prophesied that his son would be called the prophet of the Most High, would go before the Lord, preparing the way for him, giving people knowledge of salvation through the forgiveness of their sins. John, who grew and became strong, strong in the spirit, living in the desert until he began his public ministry. It's John whom Luke was speaking of when he wrote this. He went into all the country around the Jordan, preaching the baptism of repentance for the forgiveness of sins. As it is written in the book of the words of Isaiah the prophet, a voice of one calling in the wilderness, prepare the way for the Lord, make straight paths for him. Every valley shall be filled in, every mountain and hill made low. The crooked road shall become straight, the rough made smooth, the rough ways smooth, and all people will see God's salvation. If those words sound familiar, it's because 
We hear them when we listen to the Messiah. Now, John was telling people that in order to be forgiven of their sins, they needed to repent. Repent means change their ways, go in a new direction, to repent, not just I'm sorry, but I'm sorry, I will make a change. I will go in a new direction. That's what repentance means. And he emphasized this by using a baptism of repentance. Now, baptism wasn't new. The Jews had used it from the time of Moses. It was often used to cleanse those who were ceremonially unclean. For instance, if they touched the carcass of a dead animal or they were you know, handling a deceased uh, human or some other defilement listed in that book of Leviticus that we all love to read so much in the Old Testament. <laughs> yeah. Baptism. It was also used for the non-Jews who, after being immersed into the water, could then join in the faith. Now, John gave new meaning to this ancient ritual, using it as a sign of a new start, a new beginning. Does that sound familiar? Yeah. As the people repented for the forgiveness of their sins. When crowds of people came out for baptism, because it was the popular thing to do, John exploded. Brood of snakes! What do you think you're doing slithering down here to the river? Do you think a little water on your snakeskins is going to deflect God's judgment? It's your life that must change, not your skin. And don't think you can pull rank by claiming Abraham as father. Being a child of Abraham is neither here nor there. Children of Abraham are a dime a dozen. God can make children from stones if he wants. What counts is your life. Is it green and blossoming? Because if it's dead wood, it goes on the fire. Yikes. Not real warm and fuzzy, is he? <laughs> not your feel-good preacher. He definitely did not go to the Joel Osteen School for preaching and ministry. <laughs> Amen to that. He tells it like it is. He's not afraid to step on toes, and he even breaks a few along the way. But it's important to know his purpose isn't to hurt people. He's just so committed to God's kingdom and sharing that with anyone who will listen. He doesn't have the time or temperament to be gentle and kind. He's got a message. He's got an important message, a crucial message. Repent for your sins. Change your life. Do things differently. Care about others. He's focused. He's passionate. Many of the people coming to him were doing that for baptism because others were doing it. It was the thing to do. And he made it clear that it had to be more than just something to do. Yes. It represented a change of life. And the people seemed to accept that because <laughs> they kept coming and coming and coming to be baptized by this crazy-looking guy in the camel hair shirt with the uncut hair. And the people asked, what should they do? And so John tells them. He <laughs> says, if you have two coats, give someone the one, give, give to someone who has none the other coat. The same with food. And with tax collectors who were notorious and despised for overcharging people in their taxes, uh, when they came to be baptized and asked what they should do, 
he told them to not collect any more money than they were required to. And the soldiers were told to not extort money or accuse people falsely. They were told to be content with their pay. He shares what sounds a whole lot like someone else we know, Jesus. You see, John, when he answers this question, he's preparing the way for Jesus. And he uses Jesus-like responses to do so. It's, it's this kind of mindset that, that John has, and it's a mindset that we call WWJHMD mindset. That's a mouthful. It is. Yeah. That's why I have to look at it. So read that last line with me. What would Jesus have me do? That's the mindset. That's the mindset for us. In other words, as we go about our day-to-day -day activities, constantly ask us, ourselves, what would Jesus have me do in any situation, in all situations? Hit the pause button. Think about it before we walk into a room in the office and have to have a meeting, or before our kids come in our classrooms, or before we meet our friends after school, or whatever we do. Think about how powerful and how life-changing that would be if we all had that WWH. I can't even say it. What would Jesus have me do? <laughs> Mindset. It would be revolutionary. The world would really change. Ironically, the people who came for the baptism and others uh, wondered if, in fact, this man, this baptizer, this wild-looking, crazy-talking, toe-crunching man, if possibly he might be the anointed one, the Messiah, the Christ. Maybe he himself is the one we've been waiting for. Could this truth-telling man be the long-expected Savior? And John caught wind of this and made it quite clear in no uncertain terms that he was not the one that they were waiting for, that he was merely there to prepare the way for the Savior. He said, I'm baptizing you here in the river. The main character in this drama to whom I'm a mere stagehand, will ignite the kingdom life, a fire, the Holy Spirit within you, changing you what? From the inside out. I love that. From the inside out. He's going to clean house, make a queen, clean sweep of your lives. He'll place everything true in its proper place before God. Everything false, he'll put out with the trash to be burned. So John's response to the people kind of reminds us of that movie clip we started with from the movie Rudy, where the priest says, there is a God, and I'm not him. There is a God. And so John's version would be something like this. There is a Savior. That's a really crucial statement, isn't it? It's really important to always remember there is a Savior. Uh, it, it's crucial. It's life-changing. It's transforming to know that there is a Savior. It's very important to accept this if we're going to realize any kind of relationship with Jesus Christ. There is a Savior. And then, and then John shares something equally important, if not more so. There is a Savior. If for the benefit of the people, for the benefit of you me, he then says, and I'm not him. <laughs> it's very important. Four words this morning. I'm not 
the Savior. Say it with me. I'm, I'm not, not the, the Savior. Sa That's really important to remember. <laughs> I'm not the Savior. That's not me. As the NIV translation shares what John says to the people wondering if he might be the Christ they've been waiting for, he responds by saying, I baptize you with water, but there is one more powerful than I will come, the straps of whose sandals I'm not worthy to untie. He will baptize you with Holy Spirit and fire. So in other words, John was saying, I'm not the guy you've been waiting for for hundreds and hundreds of years. I'm not even qualified to tie his shoes. And here in the river, when I baptize, I'm using mere water, a symbol of God's power to cleanse you from your sins. But the one who is coming, the one I'm talking about, Amen. the one that you think I may be, he is the one who will save you. He is the one. He will call the Holy Spirit to baptize you, not on the surface, but inside, deep, 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 from the inside out to your core. He will call on the Holy Spirit who has power to bring about real change. That's what John is saying here in this scripture. Internal change and eternal change. Bringing fire to your soul. John says, I'm not that guy. I'm here to tell you about that guy. See the difference? I'm not that guy. I'm here to tell you about that guy because he's coming soon. One long after that, while John was baptizing even more people in the River Jordan, that Jesus himself came for baptism. Can you imagine being at that scene? It's pretty wild. And John was surprised and confused. Baptism's for sinners. Jesus isn't a sinner. It's an opportunity to repent and be forgiven. Jesus doesn't need to repent and be forgiven. He says, that, he says to Jesus, you should be baptized in me, not the other way around. Jesus says, you know, it's the right thing to do. This, this fulfills all that God has planned up to this point. And so John baptized him. And when Jesus came up out of the water, this is one of my favorite parts in Scripture, came up out of the water, heaven opened, and the Spirit of God descended and alighted on Jesus in the form of a dove. And a voice from heaven said, This is my Son, whom I love. With him I am well pleased. Wow. Wow. Here we have it. The Holy Trinity, all there together. God the Father, Jesus Christ the Son, and the Holy Spirit. Three distinct persons, yet one. That's a great story, isn't it? I mean, the whole story we've shared up to this point. Great story. John, the impassioned trailblazer, preparing the way for the one who is to come, pointing people to Jesus, letting them know in no uncertain terms that he, John, is not the Savior. It's a reminder story. 
I think. A reminder story for you and for me. <laughs> and it reminds us that we aren't the Savior. That we can't save ourselves and we can't save anybody else. So I know you're maybe thinking, I know, I know, I'm not the Savior. They said it. They said it 15 minutes ago. I'm not the Savior. Sometimes we forget that. Sometimes we forget that. We get pumped up. We get puffed up. Things get out of order. We think we know better than God. Actually, that turns us into little gods. Little gods. And so, we say things or we think like, okay, I just, just a little bit more. Just a little bit more prayer, like Rudy said. Just a little, I'm going to serve just a little bit more. I'm going to read my Bible a little bit more. I'm going to give a little bit more. Whatever it is, if I do just a little bit more, I'll be good enough. <laughs> I'll be good enough to get my ticket punched right into heaven. Trouble is, just a little bit more, there's always just a little bit more. We can never, ever get there. We are in desperate need of somebody to save us. Because there's always, always just a little bit more. Just a little bit more. Mm -hmm. <laughs> you know what? If, if we could do that with a little bit more, we don't need Jesus, do we? No. All we would need would be just a little bit. Sometimes we think um, that through our actions and uh, uh, through what we say and what we do, that we can save somebody else. I've heard people talk. It's interesting. Um, and the way they talk, it's as though they did the saving. You know, I, I've got, it's like the notches on, you know, their salvation sheet of how many people they are responsible for their salvation and as if trying to take credit for something that's way beyond any of our pay grades. You know, we can encourage someone of their need for Jesus, of their need of a Savior. We can pray with someone, pray for someone, help them to know that, that Jesus is the Savior and why they need to be saved. We, we can reach out and share the love of God in practical ways like we try to do here at Connections so often. Share God's love in practical ways, showing people that God loves them, sharing with people that Jesus can forgive them. We can do all those things, and we're called to do those things. That's our mission. The thing we've got to remember is we can't save anybody. Just like we can't save ourselves because if we could, we don't need Jesus, do we? No. But we all know, or many of us know, that we do need Jesus. We do need Jesus, all of us. And so our job is to point people to the Savior. In all that we do, in all that we say, that means first in our home. Our home is our first mission field in our families, in our neighborhoods, in our communities, in our world, 
at work, at school, in the classroom, whether we're whatever we're doing, however old we are, we're here to share and point people to Jesus, to share that Jesus Christ died for us, spent three days in hell, taking on our sins, the stuff, you know, just that little bit more, a little bit, taking it all on. He's the one that saves us, only Jesus, and Jesus alone. Jesus is a savior, we're not. We're not saved by what we do, but by what he's done. We're not saved because we're worthy, but because he's worthy. We're not saved because we earned it, but because he paid the price. He paid ransom. It's like a ransom note. A note substituting his life so that we could have life. And our response to that, it's a gift. It's a gift. We call it salvation. It's a gift. And that gift is that uncomprehensible love. It's not a love that we can really give to one another. We try. We try. That's, that's the goal. But it's a love that is absolutely unconditional. No matter what you do, no matter what you say, he's going to love you anyway. There's nothing you can do to make him not. It's that gift. And all we need to say is, thank you. I receive it. I accept the gift of the relationship. Thank you for being my savior. Please be a part of my life so that I can get to know you better. Please help me be more like you in all that I say and in all that I do. And once we say thank you and we accept this gift of a relationship with the one who died for each of us, once we've done that, then we can focus on being more like Jesus. Not, not because it's going to earn us salvation, but because that's what we're called to do. We can then pray more, give more, share more. All those things we talk about, again, not because they're going to get us into heaven, but because the one who died for us, that's what he calls us to do. Because those are the things that help us stay connected with Jesus and those around us. Those are the things that enable us and give us the opportunity to tell others who Jesus is, to show them who Jesus is and what it means to have a relationship with him and why they need him too. So our story is a reminder to us today, just like John, we're not the Savior. It reminds us that just like John, our job is to point people to the Savior. For example, if someone is thirsty, we can give them a drink of water and their thirst is quenched. We aren't the one that quenches their thirst. It's the water. We can point them to the water. We can offer them the water, but the water is what quenches their thirst. So speaking from my heart and in faith, Jesus is, is my water, your water, our water, the living water 
the water of new life, the water of salvation, the water of repentance. I mean, it's like standing and just getting washed in the water. Jesus is the water of forgiveness that leads us to repentance. The change and transformation that gives us the strength and power to go on each and every day so we can point people to the water, but they drink on their own. They drink, and they find new life, new life in Christ. Some of you here today have found that water that Carrie was talking about. You've experienced that living water in your life. You, you know Jesus as that water. You know that relationship and, what it, and the difference, the transforming power it's had in your life. And we celebrate with you today. We celebrate that you have a personal knowledge and relationship with the one who came to save us. We actually celebrate and champion that. You know the Savior. And now the Savior calls you just as God called John to share him, Jesus, with somebody else, to prepare the way, to point the way, to say, you know, I know you're thirsty just like who I was. I know where the water is. Let me show you. Let me share that water with you. I'm not the water, but I know where it is, and I can show you. You can't save anybody, including yourself, but you can surely tell them about the one who can. And for those of you who may not have had the water yet, <laughs> you're in good company. You know what? We're all in this together. The thing I love about Connection Church is that we're, it's a really diverse group of people. There's some of us who are still exploring. That's what Alpha's all about. I hope you can, you'll sign up. Saying, who is this Jesus? And then some who have said, okay, I'm, taking, I'm, I'm claiming Christ as Lord. I'm not sure what that looks like in my life, but I trust. And then there's people who have been walking with God for a long time, and then everybody in the middle. We are a diverse bunch. You are not alone wherever you are on that continuum. But if you're thirsty, if you're parched, if you need a drink of water, Take a drink. Drink in Jesus Christ, who is ready to meet you right where you are. No matter what you've done, no matter what you've said, he's going to say, you're my child with whom I am well pleased. Because he created you and designed you and desired you into being. All you have to do is open the door and say, okay, I don't get it, but I'm walking through. He's not going to throw you through the door. We have to make that choice. We have to choose Jesus. It's not a feeling. It's a choice. But I can tell you, it feels pretty good. So why not today? Why not today? Wherever you are, if you've been walking with Jesus, doesn't mean you're exempt here. We all have to ask Jesus every single day into our life and claim Christ. And if today's your first time for doing that, it's like your birthday. You can do that from your seat. Just talk to God. You can do that up on the steps during our last um, song. 
uh, Lori will be in the back in the prayer corner and, and talk you through it. This is the day for all of us to thank Jesus and to accept the relationship, receive the relationship that he gives each one of us. That's the good news. Let's believe it. Let's live it. Amen? Let's pray. Almighty God, it kind of seems easy. Okay, you're, I accept you. And then we wait. And I know for me, Lord, that it wasn't some wild lightning bolt kind of experience, but it was a gradual unfolding of who you are and whose I am. And so, God, I would pray that whoever knows you would recommit, whoever doesn't would do that for the first time today. Whether it's here, at home, driving in their car, I know that you're in it. So I thank you, Lord. I thank you for the opportunity to hear this scripture found in Luke where John says, I'm not the Savior, but there is a Savior, and he's here. I thank you and praise you this day and all days in the name of God the Father, Jesus Christ his Son, by the power of the Holy Spirit. And everybody gathered said, Amen. Thank you for joining us for our podcast. For more information about Connection Community Church in Middletown, Delaware, please visit our website at justshowup.church. You can also call our church offices at 302-378-7692. Connection Community Church, connecting people with Jesus and the life he offers.